Hey, how are you doing? Dean Dwyer. Welcome to episode number two of Unrecognizable with Dean Dwyer. And um, so, first of all, the uh, the podcast is, if you listen to episode number one, uh, this podcast is about what I believe to be the greatest skill that we can teach ourselves, which is the ability to teach ourselves how to change our most troubling behaviors. I, I, it's not something you don't learn this in school. We don't learn this anywhere. We're, we sort of go through life with this idea that uh, we are who we are. And I do not buy into that at all, that we have this incredible ability. Our brain is this incredible thing that allows us to create phenomenal change if we know how to use it, regardless of our age. And so this whole podcast, this whole series is all about this ability to change our own behaviors. And that I, what I'm going to do is I'm modeling my thinking with this, with this podcast episode, with, with these podcast episodes. So, and again, I said in, in episode number one, I'm not saying to you that, oh, I'm this amazing thinker and you need to think the way I think. Um, what I have discovered on, or my evolution on this journey is that I now spend a lot more time thinking about my thinking. And I'm trying to answer questions such as, why do I do what I do? Or, uh, also implied in that question is, why don't I do what I know I should be doing? And so that's what this whole podcast is about. And uh, it's it's me modeling how I'm thinking about something. And then the takeaway for you is to sort of pull out the principles that you think are really valuable and to figure out a way to start implementing them in your life. And there's two things that I, I would ask you to do on this podcast. And the first is, is to be open to your assumptions about what you think you understand about yourself and the world. Right. One of the things that I have recognized on this journey is that I have to stop thinking that I have life all figured out or that I have myself all figured out because I don't. And the more I learn, the less I know about myself. Right. So I am now open to the idea of testing my assumptions. Like, why do I believe that? Why do I think that's true? So I'm going to ask that of you as well. You may listen to some stuff and say, that's ridiculous. And it's like, just be open to the idea of like, but what, what if there's some truth to that, right? And then the second thing is pay attention to the thoughts that arise as you're listening to this. And I would pause and find a way to capture those because they're important, even if they're unrelated to what I'm talking about. They're important. So pay attention to that. You know, I think, again, oftentimes we, we tend to dismiss that stuff because it's like, oh, no, no, that's not the theme of what this is about. It doesn't matter. Actually, I have discovered that the reason that I read, I mean, part of it is I want to learn something from the book I'm reading, but actually where I get far greater value is what reading makes me think about um, when I'm reading something. Like it is amazing to me how I'll start reading something and then I'll pause and it gets me thinking about something else. Like it, it, there's somehow it's drawn a connection to something completely unrelated to what I'm talking about. And I may end up putting the book down for days and sometimes weeks when I start exploring these other ideas. So just be open to that as well. All right. So let me, um, this, I want you to consider this today's episode. So the title of today's episode is Six Factors for Successfully Adopting a New Behavior That Lasts. And what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to talk to you about this podcast and why I have failed so spectacularly at this skill of podcasting in the past and what I plan to do differently this time around. And then uh, I'm also going to, I'll, I'll throw in other examples from my own life. And I said, as I said, this podcast is really about sharing with you the things that I'm doing, what I have found has worked, um, you know, what, what hasn't worked and what I'm trying to do to get around that stuff. So I said, I want to model everything that I'm doing. And, and keep in mind, I'm a work in progress, right? I, I've had some success in some areas of my, of my life, for example, um, you know, sort of transforming my body, which has had eluded me for the first 53 years of my life. There's other areas that I are, I'm completely a novice in 
and looking to take the principles and apply them in those areas so that I can create the same kind of change. All right, so uh, I have uh, I've got a uh, I've got my my points on a uh, on a sticky note, and I'm I'm going to go through and I'll, I'll sort of talk about each one, and then a lot of this this podcast is really me thinking out loud, right? The podcast is for me, um, and I'm going to talk a bit more about this in in one of the points that comes up, but it's a like a stream of consciousness. So I have sort of main themes I want to hit on. But what comes out of my mouth over this podcast and how long this podcast is? No idea. It's, uh, that's, and that's part of what I'm committing to this time around. So uh, let me start with what I believe to be, as I said, this is a first draft. And so by getting this out, by taking these ideas that have been rolling around in my gray matter now for a few years and sort of creating my initial framework is like a first draft. So I'm not saying it's complete. Uh, this will evolve over time, just like everything else that I'm doing in my life. It, it's sort of, I start with a first draft and then I continue to kind of work on a second draft, a third draft, a fourth draft, etc. So the first um, factor that I wanted to introduce to you when it comes to sort of creating successful behavior change that lasts is that you want to start thinking about behaviors as skills and skills can be learned. So that is not typically the way we sort of think about behaviors, right? But almost everything we struggle with is a behavior, right? And we can, we can learn, we can teach ourselves how to become really good at something. You know, uh, a typical example that people don't consider to be a, a skill is discipline, right? We think of discipline as something that we're born with, right? It's innate. And I, I've had numerous people who have messaged me and say, oh, you know, it's so great you've done this. I wish I had your discipline. And I keep saying like, I didn't have discipline in this area of my life for 53 years. You, it's, it's, you have to recognize it's like I've taught myself that discipline and I continue to work on it. And I have days where my discipline is amazing and I have other days where it drops right off the table and I have to flip the page the next day and, and work at getting back on track. But it is a skill that can, can be learned. And when you start thinking about it that way, it opens up all kinds of new possibilities, right? Like we don't, um, some common misconceptions, like we don't think of persistence. Persistence is a skill that we can teach ourselves. Honesty is a skill that we can teach ourselves. Courage is a skill that we can teach ourselves. We don't think about these virtues, these these really valuable soft skills as skills uh, skills that can be learned, but they are. Um, No different than public speaking, learning how to play the guitar, learning how to play chess, learning how to knit. Like these are all skills. So if you start thinking of behaviors as skills, it will open up tremendous possibilities of like, okay, um, I just need to figure out sort of the protocol so that I can start teaching myself how to master that skill. And I'll, I'll share a few examples as we move forward on, on, in this podcast of how I have sort of done that. And, and for example, I'll start off with, um, I'll use an example from my successful body journey of a skill that I've taught myself that most people wouldn't think is a skill. But I am now eliminating caffeine after 1 p.m. Now, I know for some people that's a frightening idea of like taking caffeine. It is set, it is obviously, it's a very powerful drug. It's the most common drug that we use and abuse in our society. And a lot of people would be terrified at the idea of like, oh my God, I can't live without my coffee, which is a horrendous statement in and of itself, right? The fact that we, we feel like we could not function properly without coffee in our life. Uh, says something about us, right? That that we are so dependent on this external thing to allow us to be who it is that we are. Anyhow, um, I have I I have been a um, a long time coffee drinker throughout the day, and it's not what. Well, here's what I've actually discovered, and and this has been very liberating is that I never felt that actually I was addicted to caffeine. And I, and, and I, I don't think that I was. Um, but it, what I actually liked about coffee in particular 
is that's my drink of choice. What I like about coffee is that there's something about having a hot drink that allows me to to think more deeply. So I kind of associate it with deep work. But I never got the same benefits from like herbal tea. And I realize it's the oils in the coffee that I really like. Coffee is a more satisfying drink to me. However, um, I mentioned, I think I mentioned on the last podcast, and I'll talk about it more. Uh, one of the things that I am presently um, struggling with is something called uh, restless leg syndrome. So my legs get antsy at night. And like last night, I woke up four, uh, five times. Right. In fact, I went to bed and I woke up 15 minutes later (laughs) and then I woke up a half hour after that. And it just is what it is. Now, I've been dealing with this for a number of years. Um, But uh, one of the things that they say and and it does get it it does get worse from what I've researched. It does get worse as you get older. And so for me or or they were saying and, and one of the things could be coffee. Right. So. Factors that didn't affect me before, like I said, I used to have, there were days back, you know, not that long ago, I'd have coffee before I'd go to bed and it didn't impact my sleep. Now I'll put that in quotation marks because, um, you know, meaning that I, I obviously slept throughout the night. The, I don't know what the quality of my sleep would have been, but, you know, I wasn't waking up like I am now. So one of the things I've started to do is to scale back caffeine. And that's a skill that I've taught myself, right? And again, it's it, what I've also realized is that I'm actually not dependent. It's not the caffeine. It's, it's the hot drink. And what I'm doing now is I'm teaching myself. And yes, this is a skill. I am teaching myself how to fall in love with drinking herbal tea. So, you know, part of this is it's a lot of trial and error, right? There's a lot of, of teas that I buy. That, you know, again, I feel like I'm just drinking colored water, but I've actually found a couple of teas of late that I quite enjoy. And again, it's teaching myself to appreciate and fall in love with that. And so it's been pretty effortless for me to, uh, to, to stop. So now I, I sort of make, a, I have a French press. I make the coffee in the morning. And when that is done, usually by, you know, usually around 12 or 1. Uh, today I was done by 12 and that's it. And then for the rest of the day, it'll be herbal teas moving forward. And I actually believe, or not I believe, I know if I wanted to, and, I, and, and a day may come where I will do this, I can, take, I can take caffeine out completely. Now, if you had told me that five years ago, I would have been like, I don't know if I want to. I really enjoy coffee. But again, it's sort of understanding that behaviors are skills and skills can be learned, which means I can learn to teach myself how to fall in love with drinking herbal teas and get the same value and the same trigger, which for me, again, is hot drinks sort of trigger deep work. I can get the same trigger from, I can teach myself how to do that. So that's the first thing that I wanted to, uh, the first factor that I wanted to share with you. Factor number two, but before I do that, I'm going to take a drink of water. All right, I took a drink and then I spilt uh, the water on my couch. That's all part of the. Uh, it's all part of the podcast, people. I don't. Uh, I don't take that out. So, factor number two is establish your why. So, this is kind of a, a Simon Sinek thing. He wrote a, a wonderful book called "Start with Why." Right. So, you have to understand why you're doing what you're doing, and and there's really two components to this. What I call an intrinsic why and an extrinsic why. So, the intrinsic why is like, what's in it for me? Like, where's the value in this for me? And then the extrinsic is what's the value for other people for me doing it? And I think it's important that you get a very clear understanding of both. So um, I didn't actually write down an example for this one. So I'm going to I'm going to think on the fly here with this. But uh, in terms of I'm going to use I'll use my successful body um uh, protocol that I created for myself. I'll, I'll use that as the example, and then I'll come back and I'll tie it to the podcast and how I'm thinking about the podcast. So, um, uh, and I just realized I forgot to tie point number one to the podcast. So I'll go back and if I remember, I'll go back and I'll do that as well. So when it comes to understanding my why, when it when I was creating my successful body protocol, 
I, I needed to understand why I was doing it. Now, initially, and this is how most of us approach this, it starts out as a weight loss journey. I said this to a, 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 a wonderful client I'm working with right now. He mentioned to me the other day, so we've been working together um, for six months now. And he said, you know, at the beginning of it, I told him, I said, you know, what starts out as a weight loss journey ends up becoming the greatest personal development program that you ever embark on. And he said, you know, I remember you saying that at the beginning. And he said, I just thought it was, you know, part of your salesy shtick. He said, I get it now. I understand what you're saying. Like it, it's taken him four or five months to kind of get to this point where you begin to realize that it's so much bigger than weight loss, right? That this is really about sort of addressing the question, why do I do what I do, right? And, and getting to that point where you start sort of really asking yourself some tough questions. So uh, for me, this was all about uh, the intrinsic value for me, my intrinsic why was that uh, this was going to be the greatest personal development program that I would ever embark on. You know, it, it had context, right? Because I was, I was looking to create a result for myself, but <clears throat> I was also um, completely lost my train of thought there. Um, so I don't know where I'm going with that one. <laughs> that's going to stay in the podcast though, because that's all. I don't even know why. I, you know why? Because I had to clear my throat and I was thinking about that. I'm like, oh, that, that's not great to put that on the podcast. Completely lost my train of thought. But anyway, that it, because this was um, uh, my intrinsic why was, again, that this was going to be the greatest personal development program that I would ever embark on. And that was really powerful for me. So that it was, it was, it was bigger than weight loss, which I had before it was always about weight loss. Uh, oh, yeah, sorry. I, I got my train of thought back. And then the, the extrinsic part of that was what's in it for other people? And there's, I, maybe I can share two with that one when it came to successful body. I thought the first thing was, if I get, and I'm going to touch on this again in the next point, but if I get me right, if I, if I can figure me out, then I show up in the world as more of who I want to be. And if I show up as more of who I want to be, I have more to give to everyone around me. I'm a better son. I'm a better friend. I'm a better citizen, right? I have, I have so much more to give to every single relationship that I have if, I, if, if I'm functioning at my highest level, my highest capacity. So let me tie this back to the podcast. And so what's my intrinsic uh, why with the podcast this time around? And so I will tell you that one of the reasons, oh, by, by the way, sorry, and I said I would tie it back to the first point too with the podcast, right? Because I, I, how this podcast episode originated was that I was thinking, like, this is a skill. Pod, like, showing up and doing a regular podcast is a skill. No different than any other behavior I'm trying to teach myself. I have been an absolute failure at this in the past of committing to podcasting on a regular basis, right? It had been two years uh, up until last week. It had been two years since I put out my last episode, right? And any of you who have followed me for any length of time realize this has been a chronic problem for me, right? I show up for two or three months, I vanish for two or three, and then they, it seemed like the vanishing periods got longer and longer and longer. And then I show up for a bit and I vanish. And I thought, okay, I am now ready to finally, I, I've got enough insight into myself now to understand how I function and why I, you know, am not succeeding at this. And so I'm prepared now to actually uh, approach this and and do this just like I did with my newsletter, right? My newsletter was the same problem, right? I, I was doing the same thing as the podcast. I have shown up for my newsletter now 65 weeks in a row, right? And so I'm taking the, all the principles I learned from that and I'm now going to apply it to the podcast. So, uh, but podcasting is a skill that I can teach myself how to do. I can teach myself how to show up week in and week out with a podcast episode. So uh, in terms of establishing my why for the podcast, it's like what's in it for me and then what's in it for you, right? So for me, the way I'm thinking about the podcast now, it actually has to be more valuable for me. Like there has to be extreme, like in the past, the way I've always approached this is that I was always trying to figure out what are are people going to like? What are people going to respond to? And I realized that that's, that's untenable, long term for me if I'm thinking that way 
because then I'm constantly second guessing myself. Um, I am, you know, every time I put an episode out, I am reliant on whether or not people found it, you know, like how many downloads did it get? And I thought that's not sustainable long term. I don't control any of that. So my podcasting, like the reason that I'm doing it, like I have to have a really strong intrinsic reason why I'm doing it. And what I've come to discover is that by capturing my thinking out loud, it works as this incredible tool to help me bring ideas to life. When I take them outside of my head, which is sort of very sporadic, random thinking, and put them into a, an audio format, there's a framework here. Like even today, like I had to sit down and think about like, okay, how do I want to talk about this? What are the elements that I think are at play? And as I said, so I've got sort of the first draft of a framework, which is, again, six strategies that I think people could implement. So I've taken this nebulous idea and I've given it a framework that I can continue to iterate now as I move through time. So that's, there's tremendous value for me to simply re- to get my podcast recorded and, and turn it into an asset. Um, as an example, last week, I listened to my episode which I recorded for you, I listened to it three times and I took notes and there were six big ideas that I took from that podcast that I thought these can all be future assets that I can leverage, whether they turn into future podcast episodes or articles or books or courses. But what it allows me to do now is to turn these, again, this, just these ideas that run through my head is to actually turn them into tangible ideas. So that's a really, really powerful intrinsic why. And then in terms of what's the value for other people? Well, as I alluded to at the beginning of this thing, this this isn't going to resonate with everybody. But there are a subset of people out there that are going to say, you know what, I like, like for example, I love hearing how people think about something. I don't just want to know what they've done. I want to know the minds, like I don't want to know... I'm not interested in your morning routine. What I'm interested in is how you think about your morning routine. How did you settle on these things? Why, why do you do this? What does this do for you? What was the thinking that caused you to... St- like, that's what I want to know. So I thought, well, then that's what I'm going to share. And the value is there will be people out there that will say, you know what? I want to improve how I think about my thinking. And Dean is a good example for me to model. I can I can hear how he's doing it and then I can steal ideas that 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 I think will work for me. And then you you make it uniquely your own. So, that is strategy number 2. Establish your why. Strategy number 3 is in order to change a behavior, you have to think different. You have to adopt a new mindset. You cannot continue um you can't do your way out of a thinking problem, right? Which, and this is how we approach all of our problems, right? Is that we have a problem, we sign up for some extreme solution, we never actually address the underlying thoughts that we have around that thing. Uh, we try to use force to to get the result that we want. Force is very effective short term. It is not effective long term because it burns us out, which is why, for example, people lose weight and then they put it all back on again is that they've never addressed the fundamental mindset at play. You have to come up with a new way to think about your behavior. And I have a name for that that I call it for myself. I call it the big domino mindset. If I can find out that, like a primary mindset, the big domino mindset, if I I get that right, it will knock over all the other dominoes that will allow me to begin to make this behavior a permanent thing. So let me, um, uh, I'll give you an example of a big domino mindset. By the way, I will say this about big domino mindsets. They don't, they're not a 15 minute brainstorming session. It could take you weeks, months, it could even take you years to really identify what, um, first of all, what it is that you, what, like, what is your mindset around something, uh, you know, a, a particular thing that, that takes a lot of work, right? Because we have to, again, we have to be willing to ask ourselves like tough questions, right, about what we believe and whether or not that assumption is correct or not, right? And a lot of people don't want to do that. We don't want to question ourselves. So there's a tremendous amount of honesty that has to happen, sort of this radical candor with ourselves 
to really sort of hone in on what it is that we actually truly believe, this false belief that we have. So we have to figure out what that is first, and then we have to replace it with a new empowering belief, right? This new mindset. So um, I'll give you an example uh, from my successful body protocol. So, and I've already sort of um, uh, touched on that in the last point, but the primary mindset that I came up with, my big domino mindset that I, I finally landed on, because initially it was about weight loss and being comfortable with my own skin and blah, blah, blah. Uh, but that actually, all those things are important, but that was not the primary thing that has motivated me not only to get results, but to sustain them, was that I discovered that I go, or sorry, my life goes as my body goes. So, and, and everybody will, you know, different people will have a different reaction to that. But that's, that is my reality that my life goes as my body goes. And if I don't like the body I've created for myself, then I do not show up uh, as the best version of myself into the world. And if I'm not showing up as the best version, I can't give what I don't have, right? If I'm showing up as 50% of who I could be, then the best that I can give everybody else in the world is 50%, right? So again, you can't give what you don't have. So that has been a really big mindset shift for me. And when you're trying to figure out your big domino mindset, Initially, when I start out, and I'll uh, I'll share the what my what, what my initial big domino mindset is for the podcast, and I don't even know if it's right at this point in time. Like it's going to it's going to evolve, but it's sort of the first draft of what I think it is, and it's very wordy right now. But you wanna you wanna get it down to something that's concise and almost poetic, right? My life goes as my body goes. It's sort of a, a there's a, a a poetic you know there's a there's sort of a poetry to that that. Is easier for me to remember, but it it helps me identify that again by understanding that all the other dominoes fall because um, that's the thing that I recognize that it allows me to show up as a better person, and then I can have a far greater impact uh, with everything, everyone that I come in contact with, and all the work that I'm doing. So tying this back to the podcast now is okay. I need a new way to think about the podcast. And I don't have a, I said, this is my first draft. It's really clunky. And it's, uh, I don't even know, I don't even know how well I'm going to communicate it to you right now. But it's the idea that um, by capturing how I think out loud, I end up creating, it allows me to create future assets that will be valuable to me and to other people. Now, I said that's super clunky and it's way too long, uh, but that's my first, that's my sort of my first draft with this. I have discovered that this, this, this medium of me thinking out loud and capturing it so that I can listen to it is a really powerful creativity tool for me. Now, having just said that, I realize that might be part of draft two is that again, that this is a, it's like a, a creativity hack for me, right? By recording how I'm thinking about something, it forces me to begin to visualize frameworks, to start to see it in my mind. And it can't just be this nebulous idea that I have to create a structure around it. Like I'm very visual with my ideas. Like I have to be able to see them. So thinking out loud allows me and forces me to start seeing my idea, seeing my ideas. So maybe that, maybe, maybe, my big domino mindset is going to tie into some sort of, I don't like the word hack, right? But it's, it's some sort of creativity superpower that allows me to start generating a tremendous number of assets that will have an incredible impact on my life. And then if I share those with other people, that it has a possibility to have a tremendous impact on their lives. So look at that, a little thinking out loud. And I said, this is, this is, this is that that what I just said there demonstrates exactly the power of me doing this podcast the way I'm doing it. It's me thinking out loud and I learn so much by listening to me afterwards that I I never would have thought in the past. So that is number 3 is you want to adopt a new mindset, what I call a big domino mindset. Number 4, I realized when I I, I said I just sketched out on um on a uh, sticky note, what my six ideas were going to be. And I forgot to write number four on there. So number four is when you're looking to sort of um, create 
you know, successfully adopt a new behavior long term is you have to keep your commitments to yourself. And I, there's three aspects of this that I want to share. And I think the first aspect is frequency. The second is duration. And the third is psychology. So the first one is, and when you're thinking, like I'm going to be talking about the podcast, right? But for you, you got to think about something you're looking to adopt. And the first thing, so let's say you want to start doing, let's say you want to start walking every day. Let's just say you're not doing any exercise at all right now. And you want to just introduce movement into your life. So you don't want to start, don't go and join a gym because that's, that's way too much, way too soon. So let's just say like before you do anything, it's like, I just want to start moving on a regular basis. So I'm going to start walking every day. So the first thing you have to think about, or sorry, the first thing you want to do is frequency. How often are you going to do it? Right now, I just said every day, but maybe you, the, you have to figure out sort of what you're willing to commit to. Now, when it comes to behavior change for successful body stuff, I default to daily. I believe that daily is exponentially more powerful than intermittent, like three, four, or five days a week. Now, that's just a Dean thing, but that's, that's, a, that's a big domino mindset for me, right? I, I always look at whatever I'm going to do, I'm thinking daily, right? But when it comes to the podcast... Um, I'm not, I'm not doing a daily podcast. So it's like, what's the minimum I need to do to, to get the result that I'm looking for? So I'm going to commit to doing one week. It ha- the, the frequency has to be, it, it has to be challenging, but it can't be overwhelming, right? So it can't be too easy. And it, so it's sort of the Goldilocks principle, right? It has to be just right. It has to push me. So it has to be, there has to be an element that's going to allow me to grow, but it can't be so overwhelming that I'm paralyzed and I can't do anything at all. Once a week is uh, is the perfect. I think right now is 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 the perfect uh, frequency for me. The second thing you want to consider is duration. Now, when I'm doing successful body stuff, my duration is always in years and decades. Right? It, it's it's. Uh, I understand that that you know it's called the law of cause and effect. Right? When you remove the cause, you remove the effect. If you're looking to create change with your body. If you do something for 30 days and get results and then you stop, guess what happens? You lose the, you lose the effect, right? So it took me 53 years to figure that out, that I realized that the reason I kept failing was because I, um, uh, I kept stopping, right? So by the way, my phone just went black, so I don't even know if I'm still recording or not. I hope I am, and that would be... Um, it would be unfortunate if this is not recording, but I'm going to just keep going and then we'll see what happens at the end. Um, so duration, right? So again, successful body behaviors, I'm always thinking years and decades, but with the podcast, it's different because um, I, I, I want to reevaluate after a certain period of time. So I'm committing to one year, which means I'm going to show up and do my podcast um, for 52 weeks in a row. And, um, and then at the end of a year, I'm going to revisit and see whether anything has changed and, and whether or not I'm, I'm, I'm going to extend to a second year. Now, if I'm, if I'm looking at it right now, I'm thinking I want to be around for a long time. Like I want to be around for years with my podcast, right? But I'm going to be open to the idea that who knows what changes in my life between now and then. So, um, but the duration is going to be one year. And at the end of one year, I will revisit the podcast and make sure that the motivations are in line, you know, for me to then, you know, get to a second year. So frequency, duration, right? So when you're looking at behavior change, how often are you going to do it? And then commit to a duration. The third thing is to understand the psychology behind all of this, which is keeping your commitments to yourself. And this is, this is new. This has been a big insight for me is recognizing that um, I, am, I, I, I'm, I take commitments to other people very seriously. I take commitments to myself less so, uh, uh, far less so. I constantly say things that I'm going to do that I don't do. And I realize that's problematic, that whether I realize it or not, I am undermining my self-worth my self-confidence, and my trust in myself. 
by saying things that I never end up doing. So I have to be very deliberate now in terms of what am I going to do and understanding that if I don't keep that commitment to myself, I am eroding my self-worth, right? That I'm slowly chipping away at myself and that impacts me whether I realize it or not. So I have to keep the commitment. So the way that I approach this with the newsletter, for example, is I cannot, oh good, my screen just popped back on again and it is still recording, yay! Um, so uh, with regards to the newsletter, the the ultimatum I gave to, gave to myself was you can never miss a week. No more of this putting something out and then disappearing. I'll do whatever I have to do to get an episode out um, or to get a, the newsletter out, but I can never miss. It always goes out on Sunday. It doesn't matter if it goes out Sunday at 8 p.m. or it goes out Sunday at 10 a.m. It has to go out on every Sunday, right, regardless of what's going on. So... I'm now taking the same approach with the podcast. I will never miss a day. Now, I've yet to settle on what day I'm going to put it out, but I put an episode out last week, and this is week number two. I'll figure this out as I go along. That's a a small detail that I'll work on later. I'll figure out schedule and those sorts of things. But I, I need to understand that if I'm committing to this, this is important to who I see myself being in the world. Right Again, that it's going to build my confidence in myself, my trust, all these other aspects. So the, the commitment to yourself is so important. Don't, which is why you need to figure out frequency and duration. Don't do too much because if you over, overwhelm yourself and quit, it's going to erode your, your, how you see yourself, right? That it just slowly chips away and you and eventually you get to the point where it's like, oh, here's another thing I say I'm going to do that I'm probably not going to do, right? And so we're, we're saying that. Our brain is saying that to us even if we don't realize that's what's going on. Your brain's like, oh, brother, here we go again. He's, well, you're going to do this? Yeah, we know how this is going to end. So my commitment with the podcast, I am not. For the next year, every single week a podcast episode comes out. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. There is no, there's no wiggle room of like, yeah, I'm going to try. No, no. Every week something comes out. I don't care if I have to, uh, if, if a podcast episode is two minutes long, doesn't matter. Every week an audio has to go out to you, the listener. Number five, right? So when, um, when you're going back to this idea of like, how do you go about successfully adopting a new behavior that lasts? The fifth thing is, you want to default to simplicity. You want to eliminate. So for me, this is about relentlessly eliminating the unnecessary. Now, if you were to do some research on the ideal podcast, um, there's a whole bunch of things that I'm violating right now, right? Which is you should have some sort of a formal introduction. I don't have one. You have some kind of musical background. I don't have one. Uh, you edit out all the mistakes. I'm not editing editing them out. You should record on your fancy schmancy podcast equipment. I have all that. I'm just talking into my phone. So what I am doing right now, now I'm not saying that I won't do any of that maybe later on down the road if the value proposition is worth it. But at this point in time, I said, I'm just, it's about getting something out each and every week. And who knows? This, this approach might make me very unique, right? It's sort of the imperfect podcast, right? It's about, capturing the ideas and getting them out. And there's a lot of value to embracing imperfection, right? Like I want this podcast to be perfect, but in an imperfect way, right? So, um, you know, it, it's, it's I'm, I'm, I'm getting rid of anything that's going to hold me back from actually getting the podcast out. So, so again, like it's just simple things. I said, I'm, even even today, I was unsure. Like, that this is going to be clunky because this is a new framework that I that I have just sort of put together. You know, over over my years of experience now with with this successful body stuff, and then what I've learned from past podcast failures. That this is going to be clunky. You know, I, I don't even know what examples I'm going to talk about as I'm talking. That's okay. That's that's all part of the process. And this is a skill I will get better at. I will get better at. Like, I want the podcast to be a conversation. I don't want to be the guy, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with this. I'm just not a fan of the people who write uh, out a, a blog post, and then they read it to you as an audiobook. I, that, to me, is not, that's not my version of a podcast. I want a podcast to be, my version of a podcast is me 
thinking out loud, capturing all the nuance of how I'm thinking, all the imperfections and all the mistakes I made. I want all that to be part of the podcast experience, right? That this is about real life and and real thinking and in real time. So, uh, but defaulting to simplicity is that you work to eliminate the unnecessary, which also means you challenge the uh, what is considered to be the norms, right? So again, the perfect podcast, none of this falls under the perfect podcast thing. I don't care about that. I just, I'm going to do my version of a podcast. So let me give you an example. Uh, I'll, I'll give you a successful body example and then, and then I'll, Oh, and I've already actually talked to you about what, uh, so what I'm doing with this podcast, right? Talking into my phone, leaving all the mistakes in, no, um, no, no post production. I'm just going to, you know, errors, errors and all. It's going up. Uh, no musical interludes, you know, introduction or outro, none of that kind of stuff. Just, just me capturing my ideas. Uh, example with successful body where I, I eliminate the unnecessary is I don't go to a gym and I don't change uh, I don't change into gym clothes. The idea is to to uh, eliminate the unnecessary to eliminate resistance is I have basically designed a program for myself that can be what I call anywhere body. I can do it anywhere that I'm at right That's the idea is that I use the environment that I'm in to create a workout for myself right so it's not. Uh, it, it doesn't default to, uh, so it's equipment agnostic, it's location agnostic. I can do it anywhere. I can do it in a park. I can do it in prison. Uh, let's hope I never end up there. Um, I can do it at an airport. If I had to, I could do it on a plane. If I had to, that'd be a little harder to do, I think. But, um, you know, like I can do it wherever I'm at, right? That's the way that I've designed this program. I never change into gym clothes, typically speaking. Sometimes I, if, I'm, if I know I'm going to do some stretching stuff, I can, I can do it. But I'd say 97% of the time, I'm just wearing the clothes that, that, that I have on my back. So I'm always looking to eliminate you know, resistance to make it e- as easy as possible. And then the last point um, when you're looking to adopt a new behavior that lasts is to grow as you go, right? So the whole point of this is there are all sorts of imperfections with this podcast episode. These will get better and more refined as I move forward, right? Like my process will get better. As I said, I, I, there was a lot of resistance around doing this one because I, I started doing it. I'm like, oh man, this is hard. Like it, it requires hard thinking and you know, I started doing it yesterday and then I kind of, I stopped and, and then, but I, I think having that extra day to think about it, I, I was able to get a little bit more clarity and to get a first draft of a framework in place, but this will get better. I will, um, and also this skill of sort of talking out loud, a stream of consciousness will also get better and I will, it, it will, it will, you know, I will get to a point where I probably won't even need notes. I'll be able to kind of do it all in my head, which is ultimately what I want to get to, right? That will ensure that I can show up each and every week and get a podcast episode out that has, first and foremost, tremendous value for me. Like, I am learning something from recording this for you. And I'm going to listen to it at least one time and probably a couple of times. So I'm going to get other ideas that I'm going to be able to turn into some sort of asset that I'm going to be able to share with you, whether it's a podcast or an article or a book or a course, but it's going to turn into something else too. There's tremendous value with this. And I've just created a framework for myself for for behavior change. And now I've got a starting point that I can iterate and I can continue to mold. And so I can get it to the point that will you know will offer tremendous value to you when you're looking to create change for yourself. So I am always looking to grow as I go. And I'll, I'll give you an example with the newsletter. So um, I, the newsletter about, I'm not sure how long, I think three months ago, and I don't know if you, you may have noticed this as well too, I changed the platform that uh, I'm doing the newsletter on. So I was doing it with uh, where I host my website right now. They also allow you to put newsletters out, but it was really... There was there were a whole bunch of there was a tremendous amount of resistance right because I created the newsletter and I had to do all the formatting myself, which took a lot of time, 
And then I had to create a, an online version of it, which was I had to create a whole new page, copy and paste and, and, and set up a different format for that. Like it was just, there were a whole bunch, it was a whole bunch of resistance to it. I transfer, I, I discovered Substack and Substack eliminates all of that. So it's super easy for me to do the, the newsletter in a format and a framework that I like. And it automatically creates an online version of it and a, an archive of every single – like the other thing was I didn't have an archive. Like if you missed uh, an episode or if you missed a newsletter, there was no way for you to easily go to the website and, and get the – I would have had to create that manually as well too. There was just too much resistance and I hadn't even created that even though I wanted to create it. With Substack, it's created automatically. So uh, this is probably a good time for me to share this here. So I took, um, I think I had all of uh, 52 episodes, 52 newsletters that were not on Substack that I had previously done with my previous platform. I just spent the week uploading, manually uploading all of those uh, new episodes, all, <laughs> stop calling them episodes, Dean, all those newsletters uh, to Substack. So now you can go in and very, you just click on the archive and you can see Every single one that I've put out. And now, and I haven't done anything with this yet, I just imported my podcasts um, from a previous thing, uh, from a previous uh, host. They're all in there now. I haven't done anything with formatting or or, or anything yet with those. So that'll be my next step. So next week I'll start working on, on updating those. And so now you'll have easy access to all of those and all of these moving forward. So by using Substack... I've probably eliminated three really painful steps so that, again, it takes me far fewer time. It is much easier for me to get my stuff out there. It is much easier for you to consume this way as well too. So, all right, there we go. Look at that. And we're only 46 minutes into that, into this. So let me, uh, let me do the impossible. I'm going to try and summarize this. <laughs> there are, again, what... This is my first draft of my behavior change framework is that I believe that there are six elements that we should be looking at, six factors. And the first is, it's just a way of thinking, is that behaviors are skills and skills can be learned. You can teach yourself anything, right? Anything, nothing, this idea, like um, you're sitting to this right now, you're listening to this and you're not wearing a diaper. And you know why you're not wearing a diaper? At least I hope you're not wearing a diaper. If you are, I, I apologize. Um, you're not wearing a diaper because at some point when you were just a wee toddler, uh, your parents potty trained you, right? We're not born with discipline. It's something we learned, right? And as a result of that, you don't have to, you're not wearing a diaper while you listen to that. And so you're comfortable while you're listening. Um, number two is you have to establish your why. And when you're thinking about your why, there has to be, you want to think intrinsic and extrinsic. What's in it for you? And it's so important you understand what's in it for you. And then what's in it for everybody else, right? You, you got to think about that too, right? You're also committing to things that are greater than yourself. What's in it for other people? Number three is you have to change the way that you're thinking about things. You have to adopt a new mindset, what I call a big domino mindset. That's not a 15-minute brainstorming session, right? And in order to adopt a new mindset, you have to understand the false belief that's presently at play. Any problem that you have in your life is because you have a false belief about that behavior, right? That And that's why it persists. And so if you start thinking about it that way and say, okay, I'm struggling because I have a false belief. What's my false belief? Now, again, not a 15-minute brainstorming session, right? Because we are incredibly complex individuals. Well, you are. I'm not. I am I have no complexity to me at all. <laughs> My goodness, you'd slap me right now if we were uh if you were if you were listening to this in person. You'd be like, "Shut up, Dean. You're probably you're you're your greatest paradox," which by the way, I am. I am my own paradox. Um so that's number 3, number 4 is you want to always default. Oh, sorry. Number 4 is uh, keeping the importance of keeping your commitments to yourself. And there's three aspects there. You want to think about what's the frequency. You're always thinking minimum viable threshold. What's the least I need to do to succeed that's actually going to get me results? How long am I going to do this? For me, successful body stuff is lifetime stuff. It's not short-term stuff. But with other things, um, pick a time frame. I like the one-year project. There's something challenging about one year. Because if you can get to a year 
you can get to two years. And if you can get to two years, you can get to four years. So a year is is super challenging. I like that. So this is a this is a one year project for me. And then understanding the psychology, right? I need to keep my commitments to myself or I'm eroding my confidence and my self-worth and who I who I see myself being. I want to live up to the image of who I think I am. Number five, I almost said number four, that's why it sounded so awkward, is default to simplicity. You want to relentlessly eliminate the unnecessary. And then number six, you want to grow as you go, right? Is you just get started, right? Last week, I needed to just get started. And this will get better over time. Every week, just just like I mentioned with my newsletter, right? My newsletter has has gotten better. I, I'm still I'm still playing around with it. Like even now, what I'd like to do is I'm trying to figure out, like, it, can I set up a, a set format for the five things I talk about each week? Because right now, it, it every week is sort of like I don't know what the five things are going to be. I don't have like this category is going to be this. This category is going to be that. I don't know if I can get it to categories, but but I think the more that I can create a framework for it, the easier it's going to be for me. So I am always thinking about making it better. I'm going to do the same thing with this. That is it, my friend. So um, in terms of, of what you're going to do with this, my suggestion, again, is think about just one thing rather than like don't pull out like First of all, there may be nothing in this that's valuable to you, right? So you may think like, yeah, I don't know, Dean, you just took 50 minutes of my life and uh, you owe me. Uh, but rather than like, wow, there's 10 different things. It's like, what's one big thing? If you could only summarize, what's the one thing? What's the one takeaway from this that you could actually do something with right now? Just think about that. What's the one thing? And then actually start formulating your own framework. So like, how are you going to use this idea? Right, it's great to listen to stuff and read books, and we, you know, we we tend to think that like that intelligence is about talking about all the wonderful things that we've learned. I, I don't care about any of that, and, and you know, when I'm looking at other people, it's like I, I don't care that you read a book a day or a book a week. Like I'm not, I don't care at all. Tell me one thing that you've taken from one of those books that you would do on a daily basis that has had a profound impact on your life. And I can probably, for most, for about 99% of people, they'd be crickets because they'd be like, oh, well, well, I'm, I'm still working on all that. Like they, they, they don't do anything with the information they have. So I'm more interested in what you choose to do with this. So just one thing, if you could only simplify this, the one thing that you think would have the greatest impact and, and then look for a way to start creating change. That is it, my friend. Thank you for getting this far. And, um, Stay tuned for the newsletter coming out Sunday.